0: You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 213. Today, I'm sitting down with Enrico Incarnati, and we are talking about how to upgrade your video content. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson What's up, coach? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And if this is the first time you're hanging out with me today, welcome. I'm super pumped that you're here. I have a really special guest and I cannot wait to dive into this episode. Enrico is a self-taught videographer and media strategist, which he shares inside of this episode. In fact, he tells us his rock bottom moments, how that has shaped his career and his disposition now, and has worked with some of the biggest names in the industry that we know, for example, like Jordan Syat. and he shares all of that inside of this episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. What's up, Enrico? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: I'm really excited to dive in. So for those of you who have never heard of your work, can you please share with us a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there?
1: Yeah. So um, long story short, I wanted to become a pediatrician in college and early uh, high school. Um, and so today, what I do is I'm a media strategist. I'm a videographer for predominantly the fitness space and fitness coaches, fitness entrepreneurs, and businesses. Um and so that is a very quick story in a small nutshell of like where I was supposed to be to where I'm at today and what I do and who I serve.
0: Yeah. I mean, how did you get there? Pediatrics?
1: Yeah. Uh, so in 20, uh, uh, 2015 is when I was like sophomore in college um, because I had graduated high school 2014, and I, which I can't believe, by the way, is almost like nine years from now. And I'm like, that's insane. Um, so that's when I, I graduated high school and I had a full focus to go to DePaul university to become a pediatrician. And I had enrolled in health sciences and everything. Um, and it was mainly supposed to be my father's thing. And I say that because it's, it's specific. Um, like it was more of my father's thing to want to become a pediatrician for me. And like, I was almost like living out something he wanted for me and, at the time, I, like I said, I enrolled at college and everything. And freshman year, I went through chemistry and fucking hate chemistry, uh, (laughs) not my forte of subjects. And I learned to not love it. Um, And it was just, it was just one of those things where like, I was just not into sciences at all and um, anything because it was feeling like more of my dad's thing than mine. And uh, at the time, like I had followed Gary Vee, and I had, you know, just recently came upon his content and Gary put out a piece of content that was like, I would rather you, and it just, it hit me at the right time in college. I was walking. I remember vividly, it was like freezing outside. Um, I, cause I, w- I was in Chicago and he said, I would rather you spend the next two to three years, not appeasing your parents, doing what you want to do versus resenting them for the next 80, doing what they want you to do. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to make a change. Cause I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what my father wants me to do essentially and it was then where i'm like i'm not doing this anymore and it was a tough conversation cuz my father is an immigrant from italy and you know he is someone that's like you're going to do this and like yada yada and me telling him i'm not doing this anymore it was tough cuz it was like a hard conversation we had to have and it was something that we we didn't We didn't know how to proceed forward, but I told him, I said, I'm going to figure it out. And especially coming from my father, he's like, Why am I going to keep you in college and for what reason? Right. I'm like, That's fair. I get it, but I'll figure it out. Like, give me some time. And that was around the time when I was like getting more into fitness and like I was working out more and I had followed Christian Guzman, who is the owner of alfleet Athletics, Max Tuning. And I saw them like vlogging and I'm like, I'm going to do this vlogging thing. I'm like, I, I like this. I don't know what I want to do because I default to do a communications major, but I know what I didn't want to do anymore. And that was what, th- that was enough clarity that I needed. And I remember I was working at my school's gym at the time and bought myself a GoPro camera. And I'm like, I'm going to just film. I'm going to just vlog. And I have no idea what it is that I'm going to do with this, but I'm going to figure it out. Started vlogging, started like just documenting my days, like had no idea how to hold the camera, how to film or anything. But I'm like, I'm at least doing something, right? I'm at least figuring it out. And also during that time was... Again, when you had left, when, when, if anyone listening, like if you ever left something that like you had an identity for, of like, I'm going to become a doctor. This is who I am. This is my next step in life. This is who I need to become. Like my father told everyone and, and his friends that like, I'm, I'm going to be Enrico the doctor. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm 17. I'm like, what? Well, I'm not a doctor yet. I got, 13 for like 13, 15 years until I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that whenever someone came up to me as like my father's friends, like, oh, like, how's the medical thing going? And I'm like, not doing it. And it's like, well, now what? And it was tough because you never had an answer for them. Cause it's like, it was always this identity of like, oh, I'm just always being a doctor. And there's it's just always a work in progress. And it was at that time when like I just I hit a low period of my life and it was just like a real. Just identity crisis of like, I have no idea who the fuck I am anymore. I feel like I'm not gonna be able to, you know, please my father or make him happy or do anything meaningful, meaningful in my life. Um, And the reason I say that is because that was around the time when I, like I said, I dropped everything and I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna figure it out. And it was a low point in my life. And I attempted suicide at that time. And the reason I say that, Is because I know a lot of people, they go through identity shifts and they go through times when they're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea how to figure it out. The unknown is so scary and the unknown is so uncertain that the certainty of just not existing anymore feels more comfortable, right? And that's scary for some people. And I have always leaned into being like, you know what? I don't know what this holds for me, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to always lean into the uncertainty. I'm, that's always been my mindset. I'm going to always lean into the unknown. I'm going to always lean into the uncomfortable because I always learned so much more about myself and it forces me to grow up. And long story short, uh, that's when, like I said, I was I was filming and vlogging myself and um, Christian Guzman was hosting a summer shredding challenge, right? Where it was March of 2017. And at that time you had to you know, diet for 90 days. And then, you know, July, you'd be able to go out to Houston, Texas to go hang out with the whole crew, um, like show off like transformation and whatnot. So I did it for 90 days and I flew out to Houston, Texas and got to meet Christian and the whole athlete crew. I met a man there named Zach Rushlow, who on Instagram is the flexible dieting lifestyle. And Zach was a really pivotal point in my career because Um, I met him there and he's like, Hey man, like, you know, shoot me a DM uh, just to know that we met um, and I'll send you a free recipe book. He sent me his free recipe book that he made. He makes a lot of like macro friendly recipes for people. And he sent me over his book and everything and tried it for a little bit, you know, and was like continuing to vlog myself, film myself. He put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer to come with him to Los Angeles for five days. The story with this is that I had just gotten hip surgery two weeks prior, I was in no place to travel or even take this opportunity. I DM'd him saying, I would love this opportunity. And he said, cool. There's two other people ahead of you that have more experience. Why should I choose you? And I'm like, that's a fair question. I said, I will work harder than both of them. And he's like, okay, can you find a way to fly here? And I'm like, yep. Two days later, flew to Los Angeles, worked with Zach and that turned into a full-time position working with him to where I left college and moved to Austin, Texas and worked with him for the next year. Um, that was a huge pivotal point in my career. Cause I'm like, I'm doing the thing I'm leaving Texas. And at that time, when I was working with Zach, I met Jordan Syatt, who used to be Gary Vandertruck's coach. And through, you know, through the whole fitness space, you, you meet everyone and you know, everyone. And I met Jordan at a pencil, a promise charity event that was hosted by Lewis house and Jordan. I just met him there. I'm like, Hey man, like I knew you as I knew him as Gary V's trainer, not Jordan side. That's a big distinction. And he followed me back on Instagram. I like love, I like lost my shit. I'm like, Holy cow. That's so cool. And we kept in contact here and there after my time working with Zach, I moved back home to Chicago was doing some more freelance stuff, got like a part-time job at like Whole Foods. So like I was kind of like restarting all over again. And then Jordan put on his Instagram story that he was looking for a videographer. And this was around September of 2018. I'm like, Hey man, I'd love this opportunity. Cause like we knew each other a little bit. He said, Hey, there's someone in front of you. I'm going to give him a chance for 90 days. If this does not work out, I will let you know. Didn't work out at all. He called me December 1st. I was at lifetime fitness on the treadmill. I remember it to this day. It was like 10 AM. I get a call. It's on my phone. It says Jordan Syatt. And I'm like, what's he calling me for? He, I answered. He's like, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up? He's like, you want to move to New York city? I'm like, yep, let's do it. He's like, you can take two to three days to think about it, man. Like you don't have to, I'm like, there's nothing to think about. Let's do it. And he's like, all right. So two weeks after that, I went to New York city for the first time in my life, hung out with him on like for a weekend, just to kind of feel each other out. Um, And then a week and a half after that moved my entire life from Chicago to New York city with two suitcases to a Chinatown apartment in Manhattan with six (laughs) other roommates. And, and I, and I worked with Jordan for the next two years. And what was really fucking cool was that the day I met Gary V was in the most, in the most casual form because Jordan trained him. And we went to Gary's apartment because we had to train him on like a Sunday morning. And Gary comes down and comes out of the elevator. He's like, what's up, man? I'm like, yeah. What's up, man. Like, as, as if you just <laughs> knew me and I'm like, you have no idea. Like your piece of content changed my whole fucking life, you know? Um, but it was just a cool moment. Cause like, I, I got to hang out with him, got to meet him. Like I friends with like everyone on his team. Um, and so I worked with Jordan for the next two years. And after Jordan and I's time together, like we were just at different points in our life. I wanted more. And he was just kind of like, we got him to a place where he was cool. Like he, we grew his YouTube channel, Instagram, TikTok, everything. Um, and like, he, you know, wanted to settle down more. He had, he has a baby now. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's what led me to where I'm at today to where now I work with other clients. I work with other, um, fitness businesses, much like Jordan, helping them with their videos, um, from an editing, filming and media strategy perspective, um, and all this happened within the short time span of five years.
0: I mean, this is incredible. I have so many things to say and ask. Number one is I heard right before we hit record, you mentioned that you've now moved back to Texas or you're be- or living in Texas now. So is Jordan. So are you still working with Jordan?
1: Uh, no, I'm not working with Jordan anymore, no.
0: Okay. But you're both in yeah. Texas. So,
1: <laughs> yes. So, you, you, you know you know, what's funny about this is that I always told myself when I left Austin, I said, I'm going to move back to Texas because for me, it just felt like something was just, I'm like, something was just, it just felt like I needed to. And one thing I've never actually told anyone and this, you'll you'll like this too, is um, in between my time working with Zach and Jordan, there was a man, um, his name was like, his name was Mike Spear. He reached out to me wanting me to come film him for like two days in Dallas. Actually, I had never been to Dallas. And he flew me out, whatever, went to the Mavericks game, which was cool. But one day he, he like let me drive his car because like I had to go, because I was like staying at this other hotel. And he's like, hey man, like you could use my car. Like I'm staying at the host hotel. Like you can drive. It was like an Audi A5. Mm-hmm. I vividly remember I took a photo in that, in his car. And I'm like, I will buy this car. I'm like, this will be my car. And it, it was, it was just a moment where I'm like, it, 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 it was, it was weird because, um, not, not, not that like I, I, need cars or anything but i'm like i i I want this car i liked it right and it's crazy because like now i fast forward i'm like now i live across from where the mavericks play in downtown dallas and i'm like i bought myself an an audi a4 because i'm like that's that's the car i wanted and i'm like i i i i just set the things that I, i and i took a photo of it too and i took a photo of me driving like in in this car of like i i need to like visual it like visualize it um but it was just crazy. Cause like during that period of time, like I, like I said, I came to Dallas and, and now I'm here again. And I had always set um, after my time working with Zach that I was going to move back to Texas at some point.
0: Powerful. Okay. So first yep. of all, I just want to say that your story that you shared is very powerful, and thank you so much for going into the detail that you did. I appreciate it. I think one of the things that the personal development world tends to miss, and I get why it's not the fault their fault, but what happens is that we end up having what I like to call relentless positivity. That we start to feel like when we have fear, or when we when when we start to lose our sense of self and identity, that somehow we're going to manifest all these bad things and i think that we forget that you cannot have courage with the absence of fear and it's not about releasing fear it's about integrating it and i think that there're not enough people that are really acknowledging it because and and how how do we integrate it and i think that that um You know, it's just a survival thing in our in our brain, and it's never going to go away. And so, I think that it was that's a very powerful story. And so, my question for you is, you know, what would you say was the moment and that you know saved your life essentially? How has this work saved your life?
1: Yeah, um, and 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 it's funny. Like, I I have a tattoo here on my inner wrist that says "Forza," which in Italian means strength. Um, And that for me is something that like I always couch like I'll, I'll look at it. like if i'm at the gym i'm like you know when when we tell ourselves like oh, I'm, I'm so tired like i don't have that one more rep in it i'm like no you do like you're, you're fine like you're good like the closest people around you are okay like you're fine like you could do this rep at the gym quit being a little baby you know what i mean so it's just just a reminder to me of like you can do the hard shit um i wouldn't necessarily say like a save my life type thing i would say more of just kind of like a a it 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 awoke me to like, it. I, I became like awake to the possibilities of like, look, man, this is not a hard thing, right? The hardest part for me in my life was telling my father, I can't do this anymore. Or I don't want to, that was the hardest thing for me. And I'm like, Everything else has been easy since. Right. And I think for most people, they look at it like, you know, having a hard conversation is one of the hardest things. And then you have more hard conversations and you're like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Right. Like we, we paint this picture in our head and we, we think like, you know, what's the worst going to happen? Cause our brain goes to survival mode and it needs to protect itself. Like I get it, but when you can lean into that more and do more scary things, like the next time you do something like that, it won't be as scary. And then you could take another step up on the ladder and be like, okay, this isn't as scary as I would have thought, but like, you have to keep climbing it. And I think for me, it was just continuously like leaning into the unknown. Like I didn't know what posting on YouTube would have meant for me. I didn't know what hitting publish was, but in the back of my head, I had Casey Neistat, who's one of the best vloggers in the world in my head saying like, just hit publish, just do it. Like you can do it, you know? And so it's like, there was just always unknowns. And I'm like, I'm always going to step into it. And now no matter what it is that like, it's crazy. Like the the things that I thought were scary then that I look at now, I'm like, why was I even worried about that? But I didn't have the foresight because I didn't go through it. And I think you have to go through like the hard shit. You have to go through the tough things. You have to go through the unknown things. Like I always say gold is found like in, in, in the, in the dust, in the dark, like that's how diamonds are found, like in the rough. It's like you have to go through that stuff. You have to go through those experiences, those unknowns, those the uncertain moments to see like the light at the end of it.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay. So yeah, switching it. gears a little bit, I'm curious, you know, so based on your story, it sounds like you did a lot of learning on the go because it's yeah. not like you, you know, you, you hear these stories of people, of videographers or people who are in the creative field. I say this as a former musical theater actress, that's why I moved to New York City, that, you know, they were born with it. Like they, they were born with a camera in their hand. So I would love for you to share with us with a, a little bit about how you learned these skills and, you know, what would you say to someone who wants to use video very powerfully in their business to acquire new leads to you know share their content like what are some of the yep. things that they can just start doing right now
1: yeah so i'll I'll give context before like when I started working with Zach mind you I had started on a goPro and I had started on like a canon t5i I go to film with him and he's like hey man I have a sony a7 s3 like or a7s2 whatever he's like can you use it i'm like I'm like, I've never used this, but I'll figure it out. Right. And I'm like, there's YouTube tutorials. I'll figure it out. While I was like filming with him in LA on that trip, I was watching YouTube videos at night of how to work this damn camera. Because (laughs) for me, I'm serious, because for me, I've always been in the mindset of like, just say yes, figure the rest out later. Right. Meaning if you're someone who's brand new to making videos, if you're someone who has no idea what to do. The number one reason most people get crippled is because like, I have to have the perfect plan. I have to have the right lighting. I have to have the right camera. Like you have an iPhone, you have a Samsung, whatever you want to say, like these cameras are machines. Now these phones are machines. You have something in your pocket to start making content. Like, I don't want to hear any more bullshit excuses. You have a window that you can stand in front of for good lighting, right? Your issue is you're just scared of what Debbie from fucking high school is going to think. Well, Debbie is not paying you money. Right. So it's like, stop worrying about that. She's never going to be a lead from you, but you're so worried about her or your aunt Sally, who you don't even fucking like at Christmas is going to judge you. <laughs> like you got, you, you have to stop getting out of your own way with that. And I think most people are afraid to fail in public when in reality, when you fail in public, you're kind of like going through a growth transformation. You're kind of going through like a, Hey, this is my starting point, And I'm going to document all of it. Right. Like there's a reason I keep my old YouTube videos up because I'm like, I'm going to leave it there because I want to show like, this is where I started. It was, it, it, to me, they're terrible videos, but for anyone starting they're like, oh my gosh, if this is how he did it, so can I, right. And not that I'm like a perfect example, but I, you never know who's going to look at your stuff and be like, oh my gosh, like, this is where you started. Like I know where I can be, or or, I I see where I can go. Right. And I think most people, when they want to start making videos, it's the, 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 they think it's a lack of knowledge they have when in reality, it's actually a lack of taking action right and i think a lot of people are like well what action do i take just start filming and speaking to your like like speaking to a friend on camera about a problem you have or about a problem that they have like focus on helping one person like if you're making content for yourself you're feeding your ego when you make content for other people then you're actually feeding a higher purpose right and so most people like i said when they want to start making videos they're like well i need i need all the right things i need the right plan the right strategy like no you don't like you need to get out of your own head I, I made a tweet post recently on like a swipe through and I said, um, building your audience, building your business, like content, anything, 95% of it is mental, 5% is all tactical, right? The getting out of your own head, the, do I look, uh, I have this pimple on my face. Uh, what's this person going to think of me? Uh, I'm worried about that. Like all, all this other stuff we tell ourselves, the other 5% is, a, is the execution of it. The 95% is what people really struggle with. And that's the mental side.
0: I, I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I also think too that, you know, toddlers who learn to walk for the first time, they're not expected to run a marathon, but they're not going to learn the skill and, and get the knowing until they practice standing up and walking. I don't know if you've ever watched a kid learn how to walk, but they fall down 500 kajillion times. And it's not like they sit there and be like, oh, my aunt Sally is judging me because I fell down and hit myself on the corner. No, they get up and they get up again with bruises.
1: I was going to say, like, that's why I always say, I'm like, baby steps are still steps. Like they're still steps, right? Sure. We can complain about the algorithm. Sure. We can complain about how other people are lucky. Right. But you don't see a toddler being like, oh, I'm just going to quit. Like, I'm just going to sit here and complain and moan. Like, like, I'm just curious, like, where did we go wrong from being a toddler to getting up, standing over again and like having resiliency and being strong and like figuring it out to then just becoming complacent to where we're at right now. And just accepting mediocrity, like, like where, where has that, like, what's happened with that? Like you learned how to walk, right? You had to fall so many times, but now when it's 2022 and you're a, you're a big boy, big girl now, and now all of a sudden something doesn't go your way. You want to pout and just sit and complain. What what happened to that? That's what I, that, that's my question. Sure, you probably cried and hit your knee when you were a baby. So what? You had some bruises, right? You had some 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 learning scars because you like you, you you scraped your knee when you fell when you fell on your bike. Doesn't mean you didn't go get up and try again, right? But now, whenever something happens or whenever something doesn't go our way, we immediately want to play victim and just immediately be like, "Woe is me." The algorithm, the this, the that, the whatever. I'm shadow banned. Whatever. No, you're not. Like your content sucks. Make better content. Stop, 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 stop complaining about the algorithm. Get better at it. Stop making selfish content. Focus on helping someone. Oh, my video didn't get as many likes. And?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I like to tell my clients all the time that the ones that get the least amount of visible engagement are always my highest conversion. And I always okay. laugh because, you know, I, I tease my accelerator clients. I don't tease, but I always joke with them because I say like, listen, I can count on one hand how many times you guys have commented on my stuff and you have paid thousands of dollars, right? Yeah so it's something i always remind them to think about and you know to answer your question i mean i'm going to go ahead and answer it and give you my opinion on it something that i draw a hard line on the sand is that i think that people are constantly you know being told that we need to build no like and trust and to me i think that's just absolutely insane because i think that 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 is an accidental popularity metric because if you're always trying to be liked And you're trying to create a community of friends and family. I can count on one hand, zero, how many times my biggest fans, the people who love me the most, my mother and my husband, and they've not bought a single thing and they love me the most, right? And so we accidentally chase this, I need to be liked, I need to be popular. When the truth is the coaches that are good are the ones that speak to your potential. They're the ones that fight for your resistance, because in order to change, you're going to have resistance. And I am a parent and I have to deliver the worst news to my children. And I do it because I love them because I can know what's possible for them on the other side. Because if you want more of the same thing, then by all means, keep doing the same thing. But you're listening to this podcast because you want change. And that's going to require uncomfortability, period, in my opinion.
1: What what I love is what you said about like the whole no like and trust. I care about being known and building trust. I don't give a shit if you like me.
0: And, and and again
1: and and I and I say this coming from someone who has shifted their their the way that I speak lately I I've been more not necessarily aggressive but I've I've had less coddling in the way that I speak and the way that I teach and the way that I because I'm like I it, my, my thing is I'm like I I look at some people and I'm like okay like you you're given a certain situation right and I'm like you have the potential like I'm I'm not going to coddle you be like oh you didn't you didn't want to make a video today that's okay right? Like it's, it's the same clients that are like, Oh, you didn't want to work out. It's okay. Like, no, you need to, you need to track your calories because if you don't, you need to lose the weight because if, if not, you won't be here for your three kids. Like, that's how I look at, that's the urgency that I have for people is I'm like, if you're not making content, if you're not actively trying to get out there, like you're, you're not going to have a business in a year. That's how I look at it. And for me, I always say, I'm like, I'm not trying to be liked. Neither should you, but you should try to be known, right? Yeah. Meaning take a stance on what you believe in. And oh, guess what? It's 2022. Everyone wants to be entitled to an opinion, but no one wants you to have their own, your own, right? But guess what? You can have an opinion on a certain diet, on a certain whatever, on a, like, like, for example, the if the today show can make a claim that apparently low carb diets now are in, and it's whatever, they can make that claim. Like, you can certainly make a claim that tracking your macros and tracking calories is okay. Like, I, I I, don't understand where people get, get fearful of like, oh my God, if I say this, like, what are people going to think of me? I'm like, here's the thing. If you're always trying to be liked, like, it, it's like you said, it's a vanity metric and it's just so stressful because it's like, just like, there's going to be, be, be people that resonate with you and they're going to trust you and, and they're going to like you for you. There's people that are not going to like you, but they'll know who you are. Like one, yes. one thing that that I heard from Grant Cardone a while ago is like, that's oh, why he posts so much because he's like, I'm just trying to be known. I'm just trying to be known. I'm trying to get in your face. I'm trying to get you to know me. I don't know. I I, I don't, it's not my job for you to like me. I'm just trying to get you to know me and see me. You may resonate with some stuff. You may resonate with all, w- w- you may not resonate with other stuff and that's okay.
0: And the trust factor, right? So I, I'm with you. Grant. I heard this from Grant Cardone and you know, this is not about whether or not, you know, we, oh my gosh, I've, I'm so fired up on this subject is that it's not about whether or not we're agreeing with everybody all the time. True diversity, in my opinion, is that we can be comfortable having different opinions about different topics. And so there's something that Grant Cardone does say that I agree with and where he says that I'm going to be known and it's invisible, not popular. And that's true. And I think that the trust component comes from, in my opinion, is that it's not about whether or not you're a good person. If you're hanging out with me, I already trust that you're a good person and that we are, that we are good because like attracts like it's trust in, can this person actually deliver on what they say that they can do? That's the trust component because I had to look up who the CEO of this um, iPhone is that I'm holding and Mm. whether or not he eats tacos on Tuesday did not influence my buying decision. Okay. And so for me, I, I just think that that is, that's the, the, that's what is getting pushed out there. Like literally everybody is saying that. And so unconsciously we're accidentally chasing popularity metrics and that is unfortunate, that's not, then, then I'm with you. Then, then you've, then you are a, you know, messenger, you're not a business owner and that's fine. Just get clear and be honest with yourself about what's actually happening.
1: Yeah. Happening? Amen. And, and that's why I I call out a lot of fitness coaches that I work with. Cause I'm like, all of all you care about is like, Oh, am I getting more followers? Am I getting more likes? And I'm like, not that again, that's not inherently bad, but if that's all we're stressing over, I'm like, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like you are setting yourself up for a long road of just disappointment, which is why I think influencers are getting weeded out because sure, they have millions of followers. They certainly don't have millions of dollars in the bank. Like it's it's all vanity. It is, all of it is. It's, it's all vanity. And I think a lot of people, they chase that because they think that's the epitome of success. And like what you said, the least, the least engaged post for you bring you in the most revenue or bring you in the most. And I think from a vanity perspective, when you look at that, you're like, oh, that's not doing well, but on the back end, you're like, nope, it's crushing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And people will ask me, well, how do you know that? And I say, because they slide into my DM and say, Hey, I saw your post and you said, blah, blah, blah. So I'm curious, can we get on the phone? Right. (laughs) That's how I know that. Right. And people I've I started my uh, account over and so people will say well I'm not going to take business advice from someone who has almost 800 followers and I'm like well you're looking at the wrong metric because you're not looking at my bank account. <laughs> right? So it's 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 interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, so back to the video I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, how we can power you said document. Just start document, start creating What's your opinion and thoughts on the, the level of polish that is, that you see on people's uh, content?
1: I think, no, I, I, I think quality is subjective. And I think a lot of people will look at my Instagram videos or my TikTok videos and be like, well, your videos look good. And I'm like, yeah, but it took me five years to get to, to make this right. Like not, not cumulatively, but like in that span of time I've had to learn a lot to get it to look the way I want it to. So that's 5 years of learning. Like you're 5 minutes into doing it, right? It's the same client that co- that complains about being in a calorie deficit for an hour and like I'm not losing any weight, right? <laughs> it's like it takes time. But my thing is I'm like quality is subjective, especially if you're brand new. The main thing that matters is quantity. Why? Because on social media there is a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise, right? What's going to what's going to weed out? What's going to win? Speed. Speed and volume, having a lot. And I think a lot of people, they get the mistake of like, well, I just need to make a lot of trending videos and just just post a lot of random stuff. No, it's not posting and praying. It needs to be specific content that's created and curated for the platform, right? So if it's Instagram, if it's TikTok, whatever that is, make native content on that platform. If it's a long form piece of content, can we pull the golden nuggets out of it, the golden gems to then post as micro content, right? The name of the game is speed with content for 2023 all, like, everywhere, right? Volume, a lot of volume, three to four times a day on TikTok, three to four times a day on reels. And I know a lot of people, they get exhausted. Like, well, I, what about us real people who work nine to six? Great. What can you do? But if it matters enough to you, you'll find a way to make this your full-time thing, right? I, I, I know plenty of people who they have children, whatever. They find a way to work out at like 3 AM. They find a way to track their calories. Like they're real people. If you want to say that we're all fucking real people, right? Yes. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm no less than you. I had someone literally comment today because I I put up that tweet post, about like the, the perfect content strategy for 2023 and like, okay, well, what about us for us real people that work a nine to seven? And I'm like, listen, man, I fully understand where you're coming from. Curate it for what's best for you and what's manageable for you. I will also say though, you're probably capable of more. And if it really does matter to you and you really want this to be your full-time thing, you'll find a way right? You can batch content. You can post content on your lunch break in the morning when you wake up. And at night, when you come home, whatever, when you're getting in the car to drive, like you, you can find a way you can find a way, get creative. I
0: I always remind people that it it really comes down to commitment. And the truth of the matter is that you, everyone is committed to something. And so you have to ask yourself, are you committed to your dreams? Are you committed to your reasons? Ooh. I mean, that's ultimately what what it is that we're looking at, and and what happens is, you know, when I tell people that, because I do, I, I do say that, and and my opinion is that, listen, we all have circumstances, and I'm not saying at all cost. I'm not saying go to the gym with the flu. You just have to be honest about yourself to, with yourself, like, and give yourself the grace that you need in the sense of like, hey, listen, you know, I just. I can't do this today because my kids are crazy, crazy, crazy. And that's fine. But that's one day. That's one moment. And you get to ask yourself, how many moments are you really having that are real like that? Or are you just not willing to put yourself out there?
1: And that's, and what you said, people will take one day and it'll be a snowball effect. And then the next day, Mm -hmm. it's it's a, it's a person that's like, I couldn't get to the gym today. Right. And then the next day, their bed feels more warm in the morning. Like, ah, it's cold (laughs) out. Like, and then another day, right? And it just perpetuates. And that's the same thing. It's like, oh, I didn't get my post up today, so why bother the next day? And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean, why bother? Right? Oh, I, I I couldn't get it up. To, I I couldn't post today. Why? Oh, I just didn't have time. Oh, well, tell me how Game of Thrones was on Netflix, because because <laughs> clearly you had time. You just it, it just wasn't a priority to you. That's it. And like you said, you're committed to your reasons, and the reason for you was it just wasn't a priority. Your reason because you wanted to watch Game of Thrones, and again no hate with that. You do what you want You want with your time. We're all given the same exact amount of seconds, right? I totally understand that. However, if you're spending your time doing things that aren't generating you things to move forward, aren't generating progress, then that's on you, but you have to be okay with that. And if you're not, then that's a whole different conversation.
0: Then let's look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm curious, I'm seeing a lot of headlines these days about, um, you, you mentioned TikTok, you mentioned reels and I'm seeing TikToks being banned. And then I know we've got you top shorts or whatever. So I'm just curious your opinion on the short form video. What do you see for 2023? What do you anticipate? Where should we put our focus when it comes to video content creation?
1: That's a great question. Um, when it comes to short forms, I think a lot of people like, Oh, TikTok's going to get banned. It's been trying to get banned since 2020. (laughs) Right. And, and, and I put up a post on Facebook yesterday. I, I literally, I put it in quotes of pretending to be someone saying like, oh my God, TikTok is going to get banned. I'm like, great. Either we live in fear or you continue to post on the platform because it's been trying to get banned for the past three years now. Right. And I haven't had any issues again, if there are, if, if something does come out and I am wrong, I will admit it. Great. Right. I'm okay with that. I'm opening myself up to that. But we can either choose to live in fear and continue to read headlines and be fearful or be like, I'm going to just keep posting and doing what I do. Like you can use it as a lead gen. You could use it as a source of bringing, in, um, like like you said, uh, followers, leads, whatever you want to say. But like at the end of the day, don't rely on one platform. Don't build your land on one plot of grass. Like look at other... Like, look at other channels, YouTube, Instagram, like there's other ways to generate that. And I think too many people get high on, you know, well, Instagram is doing so well for me. I'm like, great. It won't, it won't continue to do well for you. Why? Because I think the platform that got you to where you are, won't get you to where you want to be. And what I mean by that is I think too many people get caught up in, well, you know, Instagram worked for me for the past five years. Great. What's going to happen when it's going to cost more to then be on that platform? right? What's it going to take when you're the ads you were once spending on there are going to cost you more money, much like it was for Facebook. You got to make a pivot. Oh, I got to go to TikTok now, but now TikTok costs you money because you missed out on the organic reach. Well, what about YouTube? Well, you haven't started YouTube, but you're, you're too focused on Instagram. Oh, by the way, what happens when Instagram goes down, then you panic because you're like, oh my God, what do I do with my business? I don't know. What do you do with your business, Kevin? What do you want to (laughs) do? Like, what do you want to do, bud? Like, we should have been building the email list. We should have been doing all the things on the back end, diversifying our attention. That's my main thing is when people are too high on a platform, I'm like, you're fucked. Because right. you, 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 you need to diversify your attention. And when you say what's coming on the, the horizon for 2023, I think it's all the same platforms right now. I think Reels are going to continue to do well. TikTok, the organic reach will go down later in 2023. So continue to maximize it. LinkedIn video will start to pop a little bit. I'm also picking a big wild card in Pinterest.
0: I was just about to ask you that.
1: that yes. And, and also YouTube shorts will continue to, to do well because at the end of the day, YouTube is the second highest search engine to Google. And oh, by the way, Google owns YouTube. So YouTube shorts from a searchability perspective can continue to do well for you. That can continue to be a huge generation of, of leads for you. Why? Because at the end of the day, if you can pull someone in on a shorts video, that's, let's say a clip from a long form video, they're like, Oh my God, I love this. Now they go watch the long form video on your YouTube channel. Now they're spending more time with you. At the end of the day, if you can get people to spend more time with you, that's what matters most. That's how you will win. And I think a lot of people they get caught up, especially especially the fitness coaches I work with, right? I'll give you an example. So a lot of coaches I work with, when they run like their frameworks, like a challenge or like a webinar type thing, like, oh my God, like no, no one's coming over from Instagram. Like no one's wanting to watch. I'm like, well, you haven't earned the attention for someone to even watch a 30-second video of yours, let alone a 30-minute webinar. So you have to earn their attention to want that, right? And I always say, I'm like, give them a reason to watch the video. In that video, can we then promote something for free, like a guide or a cheat sheet that they would want that can help them solve a a bigger problem that they have? And then pull them into your Facebook group, fold them into your community, but then get them in that community, let them, you know, mingle around, nurture them well. And then when you have a a webinar or challenge in like three weeks, you're like, oh, like I've gotten some help. Like I should probably attend this. I probably should watch this, but it all started from that 30 second video. Too many people are like, I'm going to take you on a date. Let's get married. Nope. Doesn't work that way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah they they're rushing the relationship and it's the right. relationship of like not being friends but the relationship of like can you solve my problem and are yeah. you the best person to solve my problem. Yep. And so I what I love what you said and this and I have been saying this and I, I know it goes against common advice but when anyone tells you to focus and just pick one platform and go all in on one platform I'm like run because I'm not going to build my business, my livelihood, my I I am a mom And a parent and a wife, and I am responsible for bringing food onto this table. And I'm going to trust a platform that isn't built by me. I'm sorry. That's just not, that's just a no. I get the component of focus, right? Focus on your message, focus on who you're trying to serve. You want to focus and double down on the offer and the program and diversify where you're going to share it because people experience content in all different places. Right. When, when Mark Zuckerberg, when Facebook and Instagram, like went down that one day or whatever, people were panicked. And I was like, I'm still making money every day. So let it go down. And it wasn't about, you know, I needed to do more. It's just about uh, like, I didn't have to create more content. You're, if you were already in the game and creating assets, you just repurpose that.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, And that's the thing that drives me nuts too. Like you said, when, when platforms go down, And then people want to be reactive. Like, Oh my God, like I I need to, like, then I need to grow my own media and my email list and everything. I'm like, yes. Don't you think it'd be a better option if we were more proactive and we were doing this already? So then that way, when this happens, maybe you'll be a little bit panicked, but it's not like full blown panic mode. It's like, Oh my God, it went down, but I'm okay. Instead of it being like, Oh my God, it went down. What do I do? Have I lost everything and freak out completely? Right. At the end of the day, like you should be consistently and constantly trying to move people to a platform in which you own. Mm -hmm. You don't own these platforms. You don't own Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You don't own that. And that's why I said, like, if you're building your house on one piece of land, they can literally be like, nope, this land is gone. Goodbye. Mark Zuckerberg could literally wake up tomorrow morning and be like, I'm going to turn off Instagram (laughs) because like, I'm just, let's just try it. Oh my gosh. Never.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> I, I, know. Canceled no. canceled. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, but but for me, I'm just like, again, that, that that's the power they have. Like you don't have that power. Right. You have like the control in your email list of like direct access to people with that. Right? A text list. Like you have people's contact information. Like there's other ways to start diversifying your attention. But don't ever get too high on just one platform
0: you know and i also want to just share too and i think it goes back to perspective too is that you know when when people start hating on on the oh the algorithm instagram facebook blah 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 i always remind myself well i'm old and back in the day back in the day when we didn't have the opportunity to share yeah. our message powerfully in the way that we can now i mean we were literally knocking on doors Standing at the corner, passing out flyers, like it's just a whole different ball game mm-hmm. now and and to me it just really you get what you focus on, and are you either gonna focus on the problems or are you gonna focus on the possibilities
1: and 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 that's the beauty of it is I'm like you have an opportunity unlike before to reach massive amounts of people and every day and i I always say this to to people I work with. I'm like, you're helping no one by your content sitting in the drafts, right? No one. If your content, ah, I don't know if I, I don't want to post this today. Oh, I don't want to do this. Like, no, no, no. Do it. Like you have a that's an opportunity. It's an at-bat. I always say this too. Derek Jeter, right? Made the hall of fame. He took 11,000 at-bats. You want to know how many of those were home runs? 200, 11,000 at-bats. So it is It is completely egregious for you to think every time you hit post, it's going to be a home run. Mm -hmm. You're going to strike out. You'll hit a single, you'll hit a double, you'll hit a triple. He still made the hall of fame. He's, he, he led, he was the captain of the Yankees as well. Like, but he had to step up to the plate. Same thing with, with you posting content. You have to step up to the plate and hit post. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So how long do you spend editing your stuff? I know you it's different, but how long do you tell your clients, right? Cause there is skill acquisition, right? And, and for me, I tell my clients all the time, like, listen, you're not going to acquire the skill unless you're doing the reps period. I mean, mm-hmm. I can watch how to do a deadlift a million times, but I'm not going to be able to, to increase my capacity until I start doing the reps. So how long, what do you, what, what's the, you know, time limits essentially that you give your clients
1: yeah. And, and that's, that's a I actually want to touch on something you said about the deadlifting, which I, I want to, I want to touch on. Um, so, my thing when it comes to editing, a lot of people right now, are like, oh my God, I want to have the fancy subtitles and all that. I'm like, cool, you can, but don't use that as a mask for your terrible content. Right. Meaning don't use, don't don't try to put all this effort into editing and think the editing is going to fix the content. And that's where most people go wrong is because like, well, I need to put a lot of time into editing and make it look cool. Have the transitions, have all the captions and the subtitles, but the message sucks. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you know, when people say like, oh my God, I put no effort in this video and it went viral. Like, oh my God. or, Or I spent so much time on this video and it flopped. You wanna know why that happens? It's because the video that you spent the least amount of effort with, you were the most connected with. It was the video that took the least amount of time for you because you knew exactly what you're gonna say, you knew exactly the message you wanted, you knew exactly who you were speaking to and what problem you solved. The other video that takes you so long, you're not clear on your message and so you're then fronting like you know, by putting all this work into your editing, putting all the captions and everything, when in reality, it's not a clear message. It took you a lot of time to film it. It took you like, because it, you weren't clear on it. The videos that take you the least amount of effort are the ones that are going to pop off the most. And most people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. No, it does because your energy is completely aligned with it. And I'm a big believer in that because the way you speak, the way you talk, the way you deliver the message. And at the end of the day, the way you solve the problem is going to be different than when you're like, uh, uh, maybe uh, this. And like, you have to cut all that out and like, figure it out. Like, that's why for me, I love, I'm a big fan of like writing out and scripting a video, not necessarily like have to, it has to be robotic, but just get your thoughts out of like, okay, what problem am I actually solving? Right. And there'll be times where like, I don't have that. I'm just like, I know exactly what I want to make. And I just film it. Right. And those videos were like, you impulsively are like, I, I just, I have to get this out or like this piece of content because it makes sense. At the end of the day, you're like, everything is just within you. You know exactly what the purpose of it is, the outcome, like the what, the why and the how of it. And you just deliver it. Right. When you have to figure that out more, then it becomes a little choppy and it's not as aligned with like your messaging. And so I think for most people, it's like when it comes to the, a lot of time for editing, as long as it needs like, Oh, should I make 60 second videos? Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather someone watch all 15 seconds of a 15-second video or 15 seconds of a 60-second video, right? And I always say it needs to be as short as it needs to be or as long as it needs to be. If you can do a good enough job of holding someone's attention for 60 seconds, great. If you could do it in 45 seconds, great. If it's going to take you 40 seconds to do that and you can really hold their attention, amazing. But if you can objectively look at your video and you're like, mm, 40 seconds, could I cut that down a little bit more? Do I actually need this part in there? No, cut it out, right? Right. Cut out any fluff, anything, get right to the point. What I want to say too is when you're like, well, what about videos for 2023? Because you brought up the deadlift thing, which is a great point. It's one thing to tell someone how to do a push-up versus showing them how to do a push-up. And the reason I say this is because showing versus telling is going to be huge. And the creative component in which you can you can display that will make or break how your content is shown, right? That is the creative component. And what I mean by creative? How can you demonstrate that, right? Like, like, like I said, it's one thing to tell someone how to do push up versus showing them how to do a push up. And people are like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if I told you, hey, do a push up, you're like, what do I? I don't even know how to do one. Cool. You have to understand where someone's at. So Beverly, maybe you, maybe you're like, I, I I've never done a push up yet. I, I don't know what to do. But again, this comes down to understanding who you're speaking to. Okay, so I have a progression of how to get your first push up you think showing someone that would help them a lot more versus like, okay, let, let's start on your knees. I want you to just go down to the floor and actually show them that. And then I want you to just press yourself back up. Right. And we're going to start with that. Then next, I want you to put your feet up on a bench and then, or, and and then finally after that, like, you're going to be able to do your first push up. It might take you three weeks, but you're going to get it done. Right. But you show the progression of that. Too many people on social media right now are telling people what to do. They're just do this, tell them this, do this. Like, not enough showing of what to do, right? And I think that's going to be the separator, especially now and next year. But showing the creative element of how you can portray that message will set you apart from 99% of people on social media.
0: That is so good and so powerful. So I want to be really mindful of your times. So that this has been such an awesome episode. Thank you so much for sharing, pouring into us. Uh, What is... I'm, this will be my my last question is you have any, you know, simple, like tactical things that we can do in our video content for like documenting that will help us, you know, keep the attention of people to actually watch the full content in addition to like, you know, get to the point you said, get to the point. So I'll take that number one. What Mm -hmm. else do you have?
1: Um, I would also say start treating your Instagram story like a vlog and not an infomercial right i think too many people on their instagram story they're like oh here's my link uh buy this buy that oh i'm doing like you sound annoying like <laughs> use your instagram story as a vlog you can include that in there as a pattern interrupt of like oh by the way i have this going on um or here's my face cream or whatever leggings you want to push whatever all these influencers do um start treating it like a daily vlog why because it expires in 24 hours what are you doing throughout the day like you have to you have to position yourself as a, as the interesting character right like What are you doing? Like I I posted the other day about my coffee creamer that I use and people love that. And I'm like, I know why, because it's relatable. Like how many other people do you know use coffee creamer in their coffee? A lot. Like most people think my life is boring. I have nothing to share. No, you do. It's (laughs) just, you, you, you think to other people it's boring, but like someone that might look at you and that might be something they resonate with. Like, oh my God, you use the exact same coffee creamer. I do. That's cool. Like it's another touch point, right? Start using your Instagram story as a vlog, even your TikTok story if you want. Uh, When it comes to specifically content, like tactically, um, you have to have a compelling hook. You really have to. 80% of your video should be focused on the first three seconds. And I know a lot of people, they complain, oh my God, our attention spans are so messed up. It is what it is, Kurt. (laughs) Okay? It is what it is, bud. Like, I get you're frustrated, I get you're annoyed by it, but like... We can either complain and what are you going to go do? Go fight TikTok and Instagram, like be like, and complain about the attention span. It is what it is. Like, that's how people consume on that platform. On YouTube, go ahead. I
0: was just saying, it's so funny to me because everyone wants to blame Instagram and the algorithm, and I'm like, look, yo, it's people. They're yeah. just adapting to what the human beings are doing, and and to me, I, you know, you touched on this, and I want to just, you know, reiterate it. Is that like, listen, I always talk about how complacency is where dreams go to die. And let yeah. me ask you, do you want to be like Blockbuster or do you want to be like Netflix? Because. Yeah. I don't know how many blockbusters are available to you. I think there's one left in the country and look at Periscope, look at MySpace, look at, look at, um, you know, Snapchat. The truth of the matter is that the only thing that stays consistent is change and you have to learn how to adapt.
1: Well, and, and that's a thing when TikTok came out, they put every other platform on notice. <sighs> what, what, what do you notice? Instagram adopted reels, exact same, same platform of TikTok. What did YouTube do? YouTube was a long form platform for 17 years. TikTok comes along and starts dominating the watch time. We have to have a shorts platform now on our, on our channel. Like you have to adapt. And yes, oh, by the way, like Instagram still is losing the attention to TikTok, but like they had to adapt because why? They would have lost. What did Facebook do now? They have reels. What is Pinterest doing? They have like a short form section. Like the name of the game is adapting. And I know a lot of people like to complain, but it's like, hey, when something new comes along like that, that starts pulling the attention, that's where it goes. Gary V always talks about this all the time. He's just paying attention to where the where the attention's going. I know I said attention like seven times, but like that's the name of the game is where is people's attention going to, right? When you're consuming content, are people more consuming content in short form or long form? Both. But for right now, it's more on the short form because they can get the dopamine hits all they want. And it's quick, quick, quick. The way that you separate yourself from getting people to stop the scroll is have a very compelling hook. Like I said, right. You have to have a really compelling hook within the first 30 seconds. What I will say, uh, three seconds, 30 seconds on YouTube. What I will say to this, pay attention to how much you're using you versus I in the video. If you can call someone out right away in the beginning, the, they will pay attention first. Like, Oh, I did this. Oh, here's how I, what, no one cares, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, one of my most popular videos on all channels is I literally started the video out by saying, you need to stop starting your videos like this, right? That's calling you out immediately because it's like, oh, am I doing something wrong with my videos? And then I, I go into showing what people are doing wrong. I literally said, hey, Instagram, what's up guys? Hey, TikTok, like all the stupid shit people say. I'm literally calling you out within the first five seconds of like, stop doing this. You need to stop doing, I'm speaking to you, but then B, I'm showing you what you're doing wrong, right? And then how to correct it. But immediate, I, I do that immediately. And you have, that, that's what I mean by showing is you have to show people what they're doing wrong or what, what they could be doing right. And that's the key is show that right away, immediately. So the, the flow of this and tactically that I'll end on is the what, why, how, right? What's the problem? You're starting your videos wrong. Why is it wrong? Because you're wasting time. I say that. I'm like, you're wasting time and it's missed opportunity. What's the why behind it? Because, well, people want people to watch your videos and they, and they want them to watch it longer. Cool. This is destroying your watch time. So that's the why, how here's how to fix it. Now start doing this, pay attention to how much you say you versus I like, keep it casual, all the things that help you fix it. So follow a what, why, how format, and you will win.
0: Hey guys. Hey Instagram, I'm just popping on here real
1: quick. So annoying! I I can't stand it. And and I oh my god, I can't. When whenever people like on their story, like, hey guys, just wanted to pop on super quick. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I don't care. Versus like if if I literally hop that like whenever I hop on story, like I'll just. I I wouldn't even say that, Be like, Hey, just wanted to update you super quick. You know, I'll literally, I'll literally pop on and I'll be like, have you ever wondered like why, (laughs) like, like I'll I'll literally start as if it's just a conversation as if I'm talking to one person. Why? Because it's not like people are watching your stories all huddled around. Like it's one person usually on the toilet, watching your story or in, in between work. Most people think like, oh my God,
0: let's call it let's the spade or spade. They're reading your story.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Anyway. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today and pouring into us. So where are some of the best places that I could send people if they want to go deeper with you, connect with you, work with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, so on Instagram, TikTok, it's just Rico and Carnati. Um, if you do enjoy this episode, this'll, this'll be good. Um, tag Beverly and I on Instagram, like screenshot this on your story, tag us. I want to see that you're enjoying it. and make sure to leave Beverly a review, like a five-star review. If you don't, I'll be extremely upset. (laughs) Um, and so that's where you can find me on social there. I also have a free Facebook group that's called video content made simple. And the reason I call it that and have that is because I want it to be a home for people who struggle with this whole game of video and just feel intimidated by it. And it's a great community where a lot of other people that are not just fitness coaches, but other entrepreneurs, um, bounce ideas off each other and just, they share their wins with their videos. And so it's super cool to see like someone who was literally one girl the other day, she posted a video. She's like, this is my first video. Like it's gotten seven shares. Like it's super cool. Like three saves. Like I normally never get that. Um, But like, that's just the catalyst for them to want to keep going. And so that's the reason why I made that group.
0: Amazing. And we'll make sure that we link it all up. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Beverly.